Hello, I'm Emma Rice, the Artistic Director of Wise Children, and you're listening to Wise Children's Lockdown. Our Lockdown Project is about us finding ways of staying close to each other. On this show, I call up an old friend, play some records, and most importantly, get to chat and reminisce. Come and join us for Tea and Biscuits. Hello and welcome to Wise Children's Lockdown Tea and Biscuits. And today I am chatting with the amazing Carly Borden. Hi, Carly. Hello. (laughs) We're already a bit giddy, aren't we, seeing each other? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's really nice to see you. Oh, you too. Um, So first of all, and most importantly, what is your virtual or real biscuit of choice? I'm going for a lotus biscuit, you know, those Biscoff. Yes. Oh, we've been polishing them off like nobody's business. Oh. Um, and they make me feel like I'm in like a, a fancy hotel or something. Or a hairdresser's. Or a hairdresser's. I know, they're delicious, yeah. aren't they? Crack cocaine of bis- yeah. biscuits, great yeah. choice. So I'm going for a couple of those. <laughs> what about you? Oh, I'm going to go for a simple crunch, Fox's Crunch. Oh. I know. I don't like a filling and I don't really like chocolate, which we might come on to later. Oh, yes, of course. Of course. (laughs) Simple Fox's Crunch. So tell me, how's lockdown going? Where are you? Paint me a picture. How are you doing? It's going all right. I am in um, the house of uh, my boyfriend and fellow cast member of Romantics Anonymous, Harry Heppel. Um, So I've been here since... Uh, since it all began mm-hmm. um, so him and his lovely housemate Sam have been very kind to let me stay here for the foreseeable and I'm currently sat on my bum in the living room <laughs> and enjoying the sunshine pouring in and the birds tweeting away and are you coping how are you managing with no work I'm doing alright I part of me the, the, the introvert in me uh, sort of likes a bit of the bit of the quietness and I guess because we're all in the same situation that there's slightly less pressure at the moment because uh, you know to, to feel like you need you've got jobs lined up because it's just nearly impossible so that's nice in a way and just to sort of get back to sitting in the garden which we're lucky enough to have and reading and and all of that business, which which I'm grateful for, but also on the other side of things, um, it's it's always in the back of your mind how things are going to go. Just because things are going to be so different when we when we get back to back to life, and um, you know, and I st- still feel just a, just a tiny bit sore um, and a bit sad that I've um, you know a, a couple of jobs haven't worked out for this year now um because of the situation including our lovely romantics anonymous yeah (laughs) but i'm really grateful that we got to have a lovely um run in bristol so that was really lovely i know it's a really interesting because you say you're feeling a little bit sore which i do but because everybody's in the same boat there's no you just have to let it go don't you and and we can't control it that's the other thing completely it's just it's yeah, interesting completely. that you talked about the introvert in you because I think that's something that people rarely think about theatre people. 
is actually how many of us spend our lives putting on a show and um, performing, literally. But actually, a lot of us are introverted on the inside, aren't we? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I definitely am. Very much so. We could sort of vanish, me and Simon, at times and just sort of go into a little bubble and feel very nice. Why do we put ourselves through it? (laughs) I I know. I know. I'm the same. I'm the same. Um, So... Tell us about your first choice of music and why you've chosen it. Okay, so um, my first choice of music is uh, the Mambo from The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, which was our first um, show together. And um, that show is just so um, special to me um, and was my first... um, my first West End experience. Um, and I just, I remember, you know, the first time we met, I remember the audition so vividly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> me too. Me, me marching to St Anne's Church to come and meet you. Um, uh, with with everyone, I was terrified because everyone in the dressing, um, in the dressing room, in the, um, the waiting room, looked really sort of glam. And I thought, oh, no. And I rocked up in a shirt and trousers. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, oh, no. (laughs) I've stuffed it already. Um, And then just going in there and and meeting you and Nigel and the lovely strapping Gareth Charlton. (laughs) um, (laughs) It was just such a wonderful experience. And I think that was my first experience of an audition being warm and joyful and exciting. Oh. Rather than rather than scary. <laughs> well, that is it's brilliant to hear you say that because of course I've got the other the other side of that experience, which I had watched lovely young woman after lovely young woman coming in and teetering on heels in short dresses and so yeah. much makeup I couldn't see beyond them. And I'd I'd actually said, We've got to get a message out to these agents that I can't I can't see these people. And then you walked in in your flats and your jeans. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, the, it's, it's a terrible truth about casting, which is it's a bit like speed dating, but you've got it the second you walked in the room. And then, of course, oh. you're, you opened your mouth and the voice came out and there was never a doubt. And I think they made me recall you, didn't they? I think everybody said, well, you can't cast a, a lead in a West End show on one meeting. Yeah, and I was right. like can't I because she's the one I'm gonna (laughs) give the part to and I think we called you in again and we made you get flipped around by Gareth and I was like we're done now this (laughs) this is my Genevieve let's listen to a bit of the mumbo
good old boogie to that. It's oh, yeah. the sound of the 60s, isn't it? It's amazing. So sort of oh. retro. It's so beautiful. The What um, Nigel Lilly and the band created in that show, you know, with Michelle Legrand's music, it was so incredible. I, I loved listening through it all again um, whilst trying to pick a track it was such a joy and it was so I just remember how fun it was dancing <laughs> to that every every night with you know with um didn't we have like um balloons we had like helium balloons with hair bands on the yes. end did we have to put them on our wrists tied to your wrists it was really yeah. really sort of 60s kitsch wasn't it Oh, it was I mean, beautiful. we all just, the whole company loved that show. And it, it's interesting. I've been reminiscing quite a lot at this time. And uh, and Umbrellas is one of those shows that pops up for so many of us. And it's partly that it was a beautiful piece of work that did not happen at the right time. So it didn't get the yeah. love and recognition and the long life that it deserved, in my opinion. But also, yeah. it launched so many creative friendships and partnerships you know it's where I met you and it's where I met Joe Riding and Don Marsh and Nigel Lilly and Meow Meow and Etta and Les and Andrew Durand you know and you think about that we we all collided in that moment didn't we and we're all still friends colleagues supporters so it's really had another long life hasn't it that's what I think of the the yeah yeah it had such a huge impact on me and I I feel so it has such a, an important place in my heart that show and that whole experience and like you say the the friends that I've made from that as well yeah it was it's really amazing. really special it was also the first time and the worst time for me that the, the critics got to me I remember mm. almost howling with grief when the reviews came out in a way that I have never done before or since, which is interesting. Um, I, d- I don't quite know why, apart from we all invested everything into the show. Yeah. Um, and they were so cruel. And it was the first time that I think I understood tr- trolling. I mean, I, I stay away from it, but there was some online stuff early on that talked about a moment in the show, which I stand by and loved, which is the first time... Um, Guy and Genevieve have sex and they're very young and she gets pregnant from it and I felt really strongly that we had to narratively understand that these people had actually had sex so he he took your knickers off on stage we didn't see anything but um and I thought it was very very powerful because she was so young and she was a virgin and then all these awful trolls picked up on it and they talked about the big white knickers but they had to be big and white because she wasn't sexually active they needed to be girls what does that matter (laughs) I found that I remember finding that so odd Mm. and I I I I felt heartbroken Mm. when um when those reviews came out Uh, um I yeah I made the the big mistake of uh sort of straight away in the morning sort of popping up um and very eagerly getting online to see what people were saying in my pyjamas because I, I just we you know just had the best press night ever had such a wonderful time <laughs> flying high and and just being brought down with a crash I was so heartbroken and to see yeah such it, it felt really personal mm, it the, did the things that were said and that about my knickers and I, I found intrusive. that so yeah it was so intrusive odd. and objectified and 
there was a cruelty which I hadn't experienced before, really. And and I think my my love of the show is also wrapped up in how how vulnerable we all were and how hurt we all were, which I don't think yeah. people hear or understand. And I, I I don't know whether that would happen if it ever happened again. I think it's a different world, but I think we were right I at the agree. peak of something we didn't understand. And it was, as I say, I, I wear it as a sort of scar, but I love I love the show, but my goodness, it was painful, wasn't it? Yes, it, it was. I, I, I feel the same thing. And I feel very... Um very protective of it in in such a loving way and it just even just listening to it all like it brought that joy and also that vulnerability back just because we did we did pour our hearts and souls into it we really did i i thought it was magic and i always am so um grateful uh when when people tell me often still often still people tell me that they really enjoyed it I and I, that I love that me too I love that let's play out this is the end of act one it's the lovers depart oh my goodness Carly listen to this
goodness it's astonishing isn't it the musicality the emotion the lack of cynicism and the heart (laughs) epic so epic right I'm going to have to move us on, even though I feel that we could do a whole programme about The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. That was um, <laughs> yeah, we could. The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, written by um, Jacques Demy and Michel Legrand, with Carly Borden and Andrew Durand on vocals, with the company from the 2011 show. Oh, um, Tell us about your next song choice and why. Ooh, so my next song choice... Um, is um, Carrie by Joni Mitchell, um, who I've long been a very devoted fan of. Um, And uh, I had um, one album already. Um, I think it was Clouds I had when I was younger, um, and I would play that all the time. Um, But it wasn't until I... Did, um, sorry, back to Umbrellas of Sherbourg again. Um, <laughs> shared um, a dressing room with the lovely Laura Bryden. Uh, that um, then she introduced me to the album Blue, which I'd never heard before, and she lent it me. And I just remember listening to the whole thing from beginning to end in, in one sitting, and just I couldn't believe I hadn't heard it before. Um, and it's one of my ultimate favourite albums and I just love her to bits but I love this track because and I love playing it at the moment because it's just so upbeat and beautiful and it makes me think about you know looking forward to seeing friends and family and squeezing them and having a good old drink and a laugh The wind is in from Africa Last night I couldn't sleep Oh you know it sure is hard to leave here Carrie But it's really not my home My fingernails are filthy I've got beach tar on my feet And I miss my clean white linen And my fancy French cologne Oh Carrie get out your These friends of mine Let's have another round For the bright red devil Who keeps me in this tourist town Come on, Carrie Get out your cake Starry dawn, 
Another sensational voice, which is what I want to talk about, Carly, your sensational voice. <laughs> you are truly one of the most talented people I've ever met. Um, but that isn't the thing. It's literally the effect your voice has on me. I mean, I think it's so pure, but the way you use your voice like a musical instrument is um, and, and channel your emotions through it is something so rare. And I feel so lucky that I've been able to work with you. But I'm, my next choice is going to surprise you a little bit because we went on, we worked together. You were in Tristan and Isolt for me. Yes. Um, playing White Hands. Amazingly, I haven't got any of those songs. But I want to recall a moment because we stayed in touch as friends and you played Eliza Doolittle in Sheffield and you invited me up. And Simon was the sound designer. Nigel Lilly was the musical director and mm -hmm. Dan Evans had directed it. And I, I came up, I thought, yeah, I'm going to see Carly. I'll see Simon. And oh my goodness, that night is seared in my memory forever. You were absolutely transcendent. It was just oh. amazing. And there was a happening in that theatre on that night, which I have never experienced, which is you got a standing ovation in the middle of, the, of an act, in the middle of act <laughs> one. I have never known an audience stand, and, and we all did. It was ir irresistible. It was such an amazing and intoxicating moment. And I said to Simon, knowing that we were going to talk, is there a recording? And he said, well, there's not officially a recording, but there might be an illegal one. And we have... The, um, the the illegal chains of theatre have been working and we've got a recording <laughs> of it. It's not the best recording ever, but this is you as Eliza Doolittle in the oh. amazing production in Sheffield. And thank you because it's when you realise that theatre's like a drug and I was purely an audience that night, but there was this woman, my friend, and I had to stand and I had to cheer and here you are. Bed, bed, I couldn't go to bed. My head's too light to try to set it down. The last time, dear, come along. Sleep, sleep, I couldn't sleep tonight. Not for all the jewels in the crown. I could have danced tonight. I could have danced tonight. And still have begged for more. I could have spread my I've never done before 
And I also remember, Carly, when you arrived at the press night party that night, you looked absolutely stunning. You looked like Grace Kelly. <laughs> and I suppose there's a little bit oh, of me that I feel it. a bit like your mum, which is funny because I know and love your mum. But at that moment, I felt like, because <laughs> I'd met you right at the beginning of your career. And that night when you walked in in that amazing green dress, I just thought, look at that astonishing star oh. that's just walked in. Oh, thanks. Absolutely it, amazing. That was, such, that was another really special experience um doing that show i felt so lucky to be a part of it and what you know working with dan and nigel uh, the whole company it was and simon it was just such a dream team um and i loved doing that number and getting to just jump around the stage being ridiculous and i remember in rehearsals dan saying we're thinking about like putting you in the bath (laughs) i thought okay um, okay, I'm, I'm game. Let's let's do, let's do it. Thinking, how's that gonna work? And it was so much fun. Every night singing that in the bath <laughs> and having to quickly get all these soap suds off and then run around in a nighty. It was so much fun. And I remember that press night so well. It was such a brilliant night, and it was so wonderful to have you there. It was. Ah, it was the best. It was one of the best nights ever. It's genuinely one of my lifetime highlights of being sat in a theatre. Absolutely, without a doubt. Oh, that's so amazing to hear. Amazing. awesome. Well, I'm going to take us forward now because I managed to tempt you to the globe in my brief time there. Oh, (laughs) hell yeah. It sort of matters, doesn't it? Because all of us, it felt that I, uh, even though it was two short years, that it felt really important that the people closest to me all shared in that adventure and that part of the chapter. And you came and you were part of Twelfth Night playing my Mariah. And you were really different because Mariah's usually played by a comedy actress, usually quite um, country, wenchy, I would say, is the traditional. And you played her icy (laughs) and Scottish and... Oh, she was scary as well. She was, I thought she was oh, a really was unusual take <laughs> on the character. I very much enjoyed that. How was how was it playing the globe? Oh, it was it was amazing. I, I, I felt so um sort of really like high every time I went out there. It was amazing and just to have everybody stood so close and how how um, responsive! It's so unique, isn't it? That that response from the from the people down there in the yard, and um, how sort of sparkly and zesty and up for it everybody is, and um, it felt amazing. And to be able to just be on stage and see the sky, <laughs> and and being a and being such a, a, a brilliant. Uh, special unique venue and doing it with you as well it was it was really brilliant I, I was, loved it I was um interested I mean I'm of course I knew you'd be absolutely fine because you're a country farm girl at heart but there was you're also yeah. I hope I'm not insulting you because I know and love you very much but you're quite obsessive aren't you and controlling of your <laughs> of your process and your talents and there was a a tiny bit of me that I thought I wonder whether Carly's going to find the sort of the rough and random nature of the globe a challenge but you didn't at all but you know it's all coming out now uh, but planes go over and people shout out do you know what I mean it's not a controlled environment is it I, I I totally know what you mean and and um uh, yes, yes, those those things 
might might be true of, <laughs> of, of me. Um, I think I um, I get in my head too much. I think, um, and it means I can often be a bit of a slow burner in terms of sussing characters out. And um, but it's what I love about um, working with you that you always sort of from the first time we worked together sort of brought out my bravery and helped me get back in touch with that um more so I can sort of throw caution to the wind a bit more and I think that's what I really really enjoyed about the globe it, it felt completely different um the vibe of yeah un- totally uncontrollable <laughs> things happening and it being so new and different every night yeah it was and you can't um, get in your head can you you have to be in the moment no you just, you just can't and that's very that's very good for me yeah. <laughs> and very, you're very, very brave Carly and very instinctive but you're very clever <laughs> as well which is uh, you know just something you have across you have to bear every now and again and I, I just go don't worry about that come on don't worry <laughs> come on <laughs> so we've got another bit of recording this is Words of Rascals from Twelfth Night you can hear Carly on lead with Tony Jawadina and Mark Antolin and this is written by Ian Ross Carly! the gates of Carter the most excellent wait for me energy and it's great to hear you rocking out a little bit because that voice of yours can do anything oh god that that music was so brilliant what ian did it was so much fun to sing and um i think sort of going back to my um my (laughs) my approach to work sometimes it's really it's really interesting it goes hand in hand with that like i think because i of the way i work sometimes i think people sort of may assume that I'm quite a serious human and I'm really not <laughs> I'm really not so I really enjoyed cutting loose <laughs> and I love seeing you cutting loose as well and, and that's you know you're the full package because you've got all the intensity and all the truth but you've got all the silliness that I love as well <laughs> thank <laughs> and, you and when you hear that us singing disco I, it's no it's no wonder they chucked us out <laughs> Shakespeare disco. I mean, what better genre is there? I know. Come on. Oh, my goodness. Intoxicating listening to the energy coming from the stage and the audience. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, it was electric. I loved it. What's your final choice and why? Oh, my final choice is uh, Reaching for the Moon by Ella Fitzgerald. Um, I had the pleasure of getting to sing that every night in the pre-show for Tristan and Isolt. Um, I think the lovely Ian Ross suggested it um, and sent it over to me. Um, and I immediately 
was like, yes, please, that's that's the one. So um, I'd love to just have a listen to that. And Ella's just one of the best. The moon and you appear to be so near and yet so far from me and here am i on a night in june reaching for the moon and you i Stunning. It's amazing to hear that sort of gypsy uh, violin in the back. Yeah, it's stunning. It's sort of got all the folk roots in it as well as the jazz. Beautiful. Yeah, Beautiful it's got choice. all sorts. I wish yeah. we had a recording of your rendition. Oh. <laughs> I've, I've always loved the sort of ephemeral ma- nature of theatre. I've, you know, I talk lots about it. If you, you know, you have to be there to enjoy it. It's a, it's a moment of people coming together. But this lockdown has made me wish I could time travel. I'm feeling really sort of like I want to hold on to all the yeah. beautiful things that we've made. Yeah, I, I hear you. I feel so nostalgic at the moment. I know, it's <laughs> devastating, isn't it? <laughs> it's because yeah. we're normally always planning and, and, and looking forwards and that's really been taken from us theatre people at the moment because we really don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah, no. the only, only choice is looking backwards, which is gorgeous and sad and wonderful and slightly distressing all at once yeah yeah it is um let's talk about romantics anonymous yes so from my point of view i was brought this film um i can't remember when it was a long time ago um I always sort of, as a a habit, say no to projects that are brought to me because I always think that I should have the original idea. But I did watch this film and thought, damn it, this is really beautiful and I can't bear the thought of somebody else working on this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started working on this musical and truthfully, you were always Angelique in my mind. Always. I couldn't imagine that this character that needed to have such a unusual... um, complex 
inner life and um, such a fragile outer life. And I just knew that you were the actor that was going to be able to understand this part. <laughs> and I let the and I let the um, project go a couple of times. But I, you know, these things they hold on to you. And so we did make it, and we made it at the Globe. And you were my Angelique. And I think it was a seminal performance from you because you really she's such an unusual character has got all these social anxieties which I just alluded to I think is something that you understand a little bit <laughs> what? I know I don't know what don't, I'm talking about I don't know I don't know what you mean <laughs> But you're a magnificently complicated woman. But um, (laughs) and all of the inner world, which of course your natural truth came out. But what you landed was the comedy so much. I mean, I just think it was a standout performance, which will come back, I'm sure of it. But talk to me a little bit about Angelique and what she meant to you. Yeah, I I absolutely love um, playing Angelique and uh, sort of going back to what you were saying. You know, you couldn't bear the thought of anyone else doing it. I really feel that way about her. I remember by chance being in New York when you did a workshop and I went to go and watch it with the lovely Kirsty Woodward and um, we were both laughing our heads off and in bits and I just remember just completely falling in love with it and um, I always know I always know that I think something's amazing when I'm really, really jealous that I'm not in it. <laughs> and I was really, really jealous. <laughs> that I wasn't the, again, the, in counter, that the counter to that was I couldn't believe my luck that you were in New York at that time because I wanted you to <laughs> fall in love with it. Because I'm thinking, look, I'm thinking long term here, and that's my Angelique, which is a terrible thing to admit. But well, it totally worked. <laughs> um, and so when it when it came my way, I was so over the moon. And um, the the character is funny. It's sort of going back to my usual approach to things. I I am definitely a slow burner, and I sort of it, people probably find it a bit annoying in rehearsal processes. But I tend to sort of take a bit longer to figure things out. And I always admire people that can sort of come to rehearsals quite early on, and they, they already seem to have quite a vivid idea of, of who their character is and what they want to do with it and um and I've I've never really been that person but with with Angelique reading through it and starting off with rehearsals I just um, immediately sort of felt like I understood her and 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 got her um and it just sort of yeah it just sort of clicked for me and that was the first time I'd truly experienced that um, with a character. And I, yeah, I just, I love how flawed and how emotional um, and, but also how, you know, her attention to detail and um, her her sensitivity to everyone else and um, being rubbish in group situations, which I am also rubbish at. And, um, (laughs) But and but also yeah as well how how funny she is I really really enjoyed um, playing her and I just love the relation I I'm so in love with all the characters in the show I love the relationship that she has with Jean Rene and their their whole journey and being able to you know bounce off of um, first the lovely Dominic Marsh um, and then lovely Mark Antolin like it was such a privilege to be a part of 
And I, I would just love if we could somehow do it again. Have it, have it again, yeah. And oh, do it again. I, well, I haven't given. I'm not going to give up on that. I'm not going to give up on that. Of course, it's coming back. And, <laughs> and I agree. You know, I've you know I've worked with you many times, and Angelique just fell out of you. And it was really a real joy. You're always a joy to watch. And, you know, you get used to actors and their different processes. So it's not something that I worry about. But this one, she did. She just sort of popped out of you. And that was Carly at her most instinctive and brave and flawed and complex best. It was such a blessed time. And isn't it amazing when you you start looking at where we started, so many of the Umbrellas of Cherbourg team were part of the making of Romantics. We had um, Don Marsh and Nigel Lilly and Joe Riding and you, you know, and and me. So it's amazing how it's all, it's all feeding in, isn't it? You know, these shows don't come out of nowhere. They're all about the friendships and the trust and the belief in each other. Yeah. Me and me and Joe Riding always joke that we should just sort of have each other written into our contracts that we <laughs> that we, we just should be a, a, a mother daughter team. <laughs> just for hire, mother daughter for hire. <laughs> That'd be delightful. Um, yeah, I just I love the the balance of the the show, the the heart and the humour, um, but also the the struggle. Mm. Uh, it was it's such a um a beautiful show to get to explore and be a part of the heart the humor and the struggle that sounds like the title of a autobiography does <laughs> <laughs> it can be it can be mine <laughs> it really sums up what it is to make theater though isn't it and you know thank yeah. you yeah so we're going to play out on um Romantics Anonymous, Just Right, the astonishing voice of Carly Borden, and my promise that it's not the end, because I don't know, it's going to happen, isn't it? Shows this beautiful don't come around too often, and it needs to be seen. So before I play out, Carly, can I say thank you? Thank you for your blazing talent, your total commitment, your amazing professionalism, your fun, your annoying attention to detail, your even more (laughs) annoying ability to remember absolutely everything and tell me. But most of all, thank you for your voice, which is truly sent from the gods. It's been a pleasure. And thank you. I feel so incredibly lucky that I get to know you and work with you as an artist and a dear friend. You and the shows that we've done together mean so much to me and your magic. And I'll be forever grateful. Just a humble bean. Its beauty lies untapped, unseen. All the flavors locked inside, it's hiding down below. Safely out of sight, crack the shells like so. Stir the beans and gently blow. Watch the husks take flight. Chocolate brings the beautiful to light. When it's just right Next you slowly grind Till the cocoa's been refined Sure it takes forever But with chocolate, haste makes waste So you're up all night Sneak a little taste And the world is soon erased Lost in shit
If you have a memory or connection you'd like to share on Tea and Biscuits, leave us a message on our phone line 0117 318 3846. That's 0117 318 3846. Keep checking our social media for details of our next show. Tea and Biscuits is part of Wise Children's Lockdown. Thanks for hanging out with us. Bye. <laughs>